Hello, this is Dwayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and this week I'm being joined by Ken Brady. He's the director of Sunday School and a, a veteran of Explore the Bible for several years, I think. Isn't that right, Ken? About 18 years in the two churches that I served. Yes, sir. Thank you for being with us today. Today we're looking at Proverbs chapter 23, verses 17 through 21 and 29 through 35. And the title for this lesson is Staying Sober. Uh, the outline for the, this passage is really four P's, and those P's are the promise, the petition, the portrait, and the problem. Let me just walk through those real quick to give us some context here. First of all, the promise, which is verses 17 and 18 of Proverbs 23. In those passages, Solomon promised that those who fear God and trust in him can count on a secure and hopeful future. He then follows that in verses 19 through 21, petitioning God's people to avoid the heavy drinker and glutton. And he emphasized that both of those things, the drinking and gluttony, would lead to poverty. He's really creating a, a contrast here between what he says we should be, which is fearing God and trusting in him, and the heavy drinker and the glutton. In verses 29 through 32, he paints a portrait. Here he portrays the abuse of strong drink as seducing the user who later finds out he or she is snake-bitten. The thought of escaping from the troubles of life adds to the initial allure. He concludes this section, verses 33 through 35, with the problem. In this section, Solomon described the problem of addiction, pointing to senseless and harmful actions taken by the drunkard. Even after the senseless and harmful actions are realized, the person still seeks another drink. Before we start talking, Ken, there's a couple things that might help our, our Sunday school leaders. Uh, one is that in QuickSource, there's an article about the difference between drink versus drunk. It has some great insight, great information there, helps us think through that issue. Also in the personal study guide and in the daily discipleship guide, there's a, a box entitled, What the Bible Says About Gluttony and Alcohol. And it has several verses that are listed, key ideas, things to think about that could foster more discussion in the group time. Now, I know, Ken, that some people are going to see this particular study. Um, they're, going to, they're going to view this passage as a call to abstinence, while others are going to view this as a call for moderation. How can we use that tension in a positive way in our Bible study groups? That's an excellent question, uh, Dwayne, and that is going to absolutely happen in many of our groups uh, if I was teaching ETB currently, uh, that I know would come up uh, at our church and in, in, in the group that I'm a member of. And so I think uh, because we know it's going to come up and it will probably create uh, some tension there, uh, I think one thing we would not want to do would be to, um, to silence uh, either side, you know, to let people uh, have their say, let them speak their mind, and then uh, we uh, may have to herd cats, so to speak, uh -huh. in the group, kind of think quickly on our feet. But I would not want to censor anybody. I'd like to, you know, them to have plenty of opportunity to tell, tell the group, uh, here's what I believe, you know, Scripture says, or here's my practice. And then to help the group uh, not be judgmental one way or the other, because there'll be very strong feelings, very potential strong feelings, one way or the other. You know, some folks will view, uh, hey, it's not wrong to have a drink. And others will have the opposite, and they'll say you should not, you know, partake at all. And I think both uh, opinions will be present in most of our groups, and uh, and you won't want to ostracize somebody uh, accidentally. So I'd say, 
you know, because there is going to be tension, uh, let them both have freedom to express you know, what their beliefs are. And we can have that freedom and still present the, the truth of Scripture. Absolutely. I think having the, that, uh, that, that, that list of verses that we talked about just a second ago that's in our personal study guide and in the Daily Discipleship Guide could be a great tool just to increase that tension a little bit because that tension will foster more discussion and will foster more reflection once the Bible study group's over, which is not un- unhealthy at all. Absolutely. And, you know, something else, uh, Dwayne, uh, you know, that I might do in a group uh, would be to uh, to set up a debate, you know, mm-hmm. and where I just randomly assign people uh, to one side of the issue or the other, let them uh, converse for a few minutes and come up with some best reasons why uh, it might be okay to take a drink from now, you know, every now and again, and then the other team would uh, be working at the other end of the spectrum. It's never okay to do that and to let them present their findings because you'll probably put people on either team that don't necessarily hold that viewpoint, but it'll help them think through the other side's reasoning for holding those beliefs. Yeah, if, and if you knew going in who held some of those beliefs— you could assign them on purpose where they were in the opposite group, which would really make it an interesting experience. It would help them do some critical thinking. Uh, some, in verses 19 through 21, we see the idea of gluttony brought up as well. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the passage really deals with uh, alcohol abuse. Um, I know there's going to be some who may want to point to gluttony and use that as a way to deflect the conversation and move it away from uh, dealing with, with drug abuse. Should we let them? I think we should let them have a a level of freedom, obviously, because it's in the text and it is something that the Bible addresses. However, I think the um, probably the bigger cultural issue for us is the alcohol issue. And so I would I I would not want to uh, let the entire class time be spent on gluttony. I think I would want to bring the group back around to the conversation about uh, alcohol, you know, as a drug. And uh, what does the scripture say? Because the scripture does give us a lot of wisdom. Uh, about what to do with that particular uh, that particular thing, so uh, I wouldn't let the whole class uh, spend the whole class time on that uh, the gluttony issue at all. Even though it can be an issue, obviously in our culture, you know, big portions, restaurants, you know, sure. overserving and we're overeating those kind of things. But uh, I think the bigger cultural issue is the drinking issue. There's going to be people in our groups, obviously, who have either them or they in the currently in the past or friends or family members who are dealing with addictions of all kinds. Mm-hmm. What are some things we can do to help them during this Bible study experience? Yeah, as a group leader, I, I would want to do a couple of things. I'd want to make sure that they knew that uh, that my door was open as a group leader, uh, no matter what their opinion was, whether it was you know, abstinence or if it was moderation or something even in between. I would want them to know that if they are struggling, that that I would be happy to meet with them. They, they've got somebody that will listen, and I'll be compassionate, I'll be non-judgmental, and I'll try to help as their group leader. Number two, uh, if my church had a service like this, I, I would want to direct them to somebody on our staff that could do counseling if there was a problem. Or I might even, as a group leader, want to have a list of some trusted uh, local resources, uh, places, Christian counseling centers, uh, where they could turn. And a lot of times insurance will pay for those things uh, or some of those things and, uh, and, and let them know that, uh, that there are uh, places that are ready to help them. And then number three, I think, Dwayne, I would, I would let the group know that, 
you know, if they're struggling with an addiction of any kind, that they are not in it alone, that there are probably other people in the group, other people in our church that uh, have a similar uh, problem and, uh, and that they're not alone and that they uh, are loved, that they are prayed for, they're not condemned, and that we want to find ways to, to help them move to a, a place of better health. There may be some surprise if there's somebody in the group who used to be uh, an alcoholic who's come out of that and they right. share that. Right. That the people in the group may not even have any idea of that history in their in their past, which may help that person who's dealing with it now. Yeah. So the things that you said were keep the door open, be mm-hmm. compassionate, recommend them to services that you can trust, and then um, let them know they're not alone. And I think also because th- this has happened actually in my family, uh, my wife and I, we have we've never struggled uh, with the drinking issue. However, uh, raising two sons. Uh, and one currently in college, uh, one of them has uh, struggled with that uh, and fell into drinking, uh, the fraternity life, those kind of things. And so for us, you know, there's a bit, there's a level of embarrassment over this. I mean, it's just not part of our family culture. And so uh, we've had to try to coach our son to a better place. And, uh, and so uh, when this topic comes up in class, it's kind of hard to admit that there's somebody that you love that has fallen into this. And so uh, I would want to say, you know, to those folks that are out there, maybe the, the people in their class might not have a direct issue with alcohol, but they may know somebody very close to them who does. And uh, so be careful uh, to not condemn uh, and to affirm and to make sure that they know that, uh, that there's uh, support and help and, uh, and whatnot uh, for that family. And one of the, the beauties of this passage is really Solomon is just simply painting a portrait of this is what it looks like. Right. That's just presenting a truth. Here's the here's the here's the image. Now, how you respond to that image is up to you. Exactly. And so that's where the wisdom of Solomon comes in at that point, where he's just simply here's the portrait. Here's where it ends up. Yep. You can make a decision. That's right. And I, there's health in that. I think. For I us. think that is exactly right. Yes, you know, almost just laying it out there and saying here are two different paths, and here's where they're both going to end up. But the choice is up to that individual. Yeah, you, you pick, and I, I'm not responsible because I, sh- I showed you the truth, mm-hmm. and you have to decide from there. Any other insights or things we want to say about this particular session uh, on staying sober? Because this is such a, a prevalent thing in our culture that we need to be very wise, you know, and especially in our conversations with people at the office, uh, at school, you know, we're, we're counseled in Scripture to be wise with outsiders. And so as we engage people in conversations, I would be careful about uh, how I speak, not knowing maybe you're at the very beginning of a relationship, you know, how someone else feels about this. I wouldn't want, I would not want my stand on alcohol to uh, alienate somebody in a relationship. So now I've lost an opportunity to influence them with the gospel. So I just want to be careful. So we need God's wisdom to be able to just teach this lesson to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, I think, Dwayne, the other thing is, uh, as leaders, you know, group leaders, pastors, uh, those that are in church in a leadership role, I think we need to understand that uh, people are always watching us. And uh, and if we're tempted, you know, say at a restaurant to order a, 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 an alcoholic beverage, um, that could lead to some some very tragic things, you know. If a if a church member, maybe a teenager in the church, saw that, and all of a sudden they felt like that gave them permission, and it could send them down a road. So we have to be careful with our our leadership influence. Yeah, one of the things that that's on the covenant at, at the church where I'm a Sunday school teacher, uh, all of us sign a covenant every year, and one of the things on there is that we will not 
purchase alcoholic beverages. And, right. and the reason is because of the influence we have on other people. That's exactly right. And, so, you know, even here at Lifeway, you yeah. know, we do that as employees. As we come in, we commit not to do that. And so uh, you're right. I think that in the, the level of influence is, is an important thing. So there's a lot of things that we're going to have to think through, have to weigh through as a Sunday school leader this week. Know that we'll be praying for you. From time to time in this podcast, we mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family. And we may mention the Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary. We mentioned Quick Source today. Um, you can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. Thank you for listening to us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we look at session 10 when we study Proverbs chapter 20.